There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning. You are listening to the Daily Doctrine Devotional. This is a daily podcast designed to teach and preach Bible doctrine each weekday throughout the year. This is Evangelist Tim McVeigh asking you to please let others know about this podcast so that they can subscribe or tune in each weekday. At the end of the podcast, we will provide you with subscription information as well as contact information for our ministry. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. And the saints all with gladness are singing the glorious song of the redeemed, song of the redeemed. Well, Brother Tim, thank you for having me one more time on the podcast. It's uh, a joy to be able to preach one more time. I look forward to it, and yet then tremble at the moment. Um, coming to you out of 1 John, and I uh, didn't really know what I was going to do, and yet Brother Tim McVeigh at the start of this year was looking to revitalize the memorization of 1 John, and as I've been going over 1 John, memorizing verses here and there, I spent a Saturday morning where I I sat down and I, I prayed to God that he'd help me to memorize and approached it in a manner of relationship with God, that God would give me the memory to remember these verses, not for pride's sake, though I have pride, but for his honor and glory that he'd put them into my mind, that he might use them. And uh, what a benefit they have been to me since that day. He gave me many verses in that day, in which just in an hour and a half allowed me to memorize and I say that in just thankfulness that God would do that for me, because then in the following days, he just allowed those verses to come to my mind in different scenarios and work and just in my life and relationship with people where I would be struggling with something in a verse out of those just those verses that I'd memorized out of first John chapter one and chapter two, where he just. That, that verse would come to my mind and it would answer whatever was going on in that moment and arise. Having these verses in my head is such a great strength, such a great strength. And so I'm just going to read through this chapter and just kind of elaborate a little bit about it and talk about it. And first John chapter one, verse one says that which was from the beginning, which is what that which was from the beginning. What is that? <clears throat> Jesus Christ which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and our hands have handled of the word of life. For the life was manifested and we have seen it and bear witness and show unto you that eternal life, which was with the Father and was manifested unto us. That which we have seen and heard declare we unto you that ye also may have fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. There is no joy like having fellowship with the Father. There is no joy like having fellowship with His Son, Jesus Christ. Verse 4 says, And these things are right way unto you, that your joy may be full. That verse pretty much says it up right there. This then is the message which we have heard of Him, and declare unto you, that God is light, and in Him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with Him and walk in darkness... We lie and do not the truth. So in my day-to-day life, I would consider if thoughts, sin is going on in my mind, if I'm in the act of committing sin, 
And I pray to God and I think, no. God said if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another and the blood of Jesus Christ's son cleanses us from all sin. But if I'm walking in darkness, I'm not having fellowship with God. He said it plainly. There are those that say, I have a walk with God. I talk with God. I commune with him. Yet their life is not purged from sin. They live in open sin. There's no repentance towards God in that sin. And yet they say they have fellowship with God. Contrary to what the word of God says. Verse 6 says, If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanseth us from all sin. Let's break it down a little bit. Looking at exactly what's happening here, it said, And the blood, the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanseth us from all sin. That's not to say that you're sinless but that you're cleansed by his blood. Cleansed by his blood. Verse 8. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. So what I'm not talking about here, I'm not talking about a sinlessly perfect man who that's the only person that has fellowship with God. I'm talking about someone who's going to God and he's getting his sin cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ. Without having done that, he does not have fellowship with God, but God's made a way, and that's Jesus Christ. So verse 8, once more, says, If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. Verse 9, a famous verse, and I've learned and have come to greatly rejoice in the truth of it. If we confess our sins, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I've heard it said from the pulpit, and I think it's rightly said, confession is an agreement with God. It's an agreement, a true agreement. God said he wanted people to worship him in spirit and in truth. It's one thing to say, oh God, I've sinned against you, and yet deep down in your heart you don't really believe that you've sinned against him, and yet you have learned that you need to come to him, and you need to say, oh God, I've sinned against you. But if your heart does not agree with that, your heart does not agree that you've sinned against God, you're not coming to him confessing your sin. You're coming to him saying the words that you think he wants you to say. You need to get to a place where you agree with God against yourself. We confess our sins. He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar. And his word is not in us. Now I'm talking for myself. Because I only know myself, and I only know my inward thoughts, and I am a grief to my own self many times. And I will think on a day where I have not sinned grievously in my own sight, I will think, I'm doing pretty good today. I don't think I've sinned today. And God will bring that verse again to my mind. He'll say, if we say that we have not sinned, if we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar. But God's quick to prick my heart about those inward thoughts. It's not always about that outward sin, but it's that inward sin, that bitterness, that unforgiveness, that unforgiveness. How dwelleth the love of God in you? You can't forgive someone else. God forgave you, and yet you cannot forgive someone else. God hates that. God is not well pleased with that. 
I came to God wretched. I came to God with such filth and such villainy in me, with such a debt, with such a weight of sin. And I came to him with nothing, with absolutely no hope, and he forgave it all. How could I, if someone's wronging me, if someone sinned against me, though I use that word sin loosely there, if someone's wronged me and they've done something and they've hurt me in some way, not forgive that, not have a spirit of forgiveness about it. What's wrong with me? How dare I? God forgave me for Jesus Christ's son's sake. I ought to forgive others. Chapter 2 says, My little children, these things write I unto you, that ye sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. It says, And if any man sin, almost like a question, will a man sin or will he not? God knows that men are sinners and that they're going to. And that I believe he's written it in this way because he's pushing man so that they would try to be perfect before him, that they would try to be sinless before him. Yet he knows that men will sin. So he says, and if any man sin, though he knows they will. He knows they will. We have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. That means Jesus Christ the righteous He's there, and he's advocating with us, or for us, with the Father. Verse 2, in chapter 2 of 1 John. And he is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. I'm just going to look at what that's talking about, that propitiation for our sins. Romans chapter 3. I'll just go back a couple couple verses before to verse 21 of Romans chapter 3. And Romans chapter 3 is precious to me. It's where God met with me, what, where he met with me, and he showed me truly where I understood for the first time that it was a matter of belief that was between me and God. But verse 21 says, But now the righteousness of God without the law is manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. Even the righteousness is, even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ, unto all, and upon all them that believe, for there is no difference. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That verse goes back to the one where it says, if we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. Why, how are we making him a liar? Because in Romans chapter 3, verse 23, he said, for all have sinned. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And the verse previous to that, to that said, even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ unto all and upon all them that believe. He's talking to believers and unbelievers alike. All have sinned, not just the unbelievers. Oh, those wretched unbelievers that have sinned. But he's talking to believers and unbelievers alike. For there is no difference between them because they have all sinned. But the righteousness of Jesus Christ is only upon those that have believed. Verse 24 of Romans chapter 3 says, Being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God, who? Jesus Christ, whom God has set forth to be a propitiation. So what has God done? He set forth Jesus Christ to be this propitiation. What is that propitiation? Through faith in his blood to declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are past through the forbearance of God. So God's made Jesus Christ to be, I would put it this way, he's made him to be the place that we would bring our sins. That we would bring our sins to Jesus Christ to have them forgiven. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. That's the only way. 
He's the only way that you'll get to God. And he's made Jesus Christ to be the propitiation for our sins. That's why over in, in 1 John chapter 2, verse 2, it says, And he is the propitiation for our sins. He's the place to bring your sins. There's no other place to bring your sins. One of the last hurdles that I had to come to before repentance was feeling those sins and those wrongs that I had done against other people. And boy, were they large. And God began to bring them up in detail to me. Why? Because I felt like I needed to get those right with other people and not right with God. My sin was against God and not other people. My sin was against God. I'd wronged others, but God, God is the one I had transgressed against. God's law was the one that I had broken. Verse 25 of Romans chapter 3, we'll read that a little bit more here. Whom God hath set forth to be a propitiation through faith in his blood to declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are passed through the forbearance of God. Why? Let's look at that. Through faith in his blood to declare his righteousness. Whose righteousness is God declaring in this? It's the righteousness of God. It's the righteousness of God to remit sins that are passed through the forbearance of God. Verse 26, to declare, I say at this time, his righteousness, that he might be just. Who? God, that God might be just, and the justifier of him which believeth in Jesus. Where is boasting then? It is excluded. By what law, by what law of works? No. Nay, but by the law of faith. Therefore, we conclude that a man is justified by faith without the deeds of the law. Hallelujah. So, Jesus Christ, he's this propitiation. He's the one to bring your sins to. And how many times have I been reminded, in agony once more, I've sinned against God, maybe light to one person. Many times it's as light as taking a shortcut at work, doing something silly, not falling into some egregious sin, what most people would consider silly, and yet I was pricked at the time that I did it. And my heart is heavy because I realize. God did not want me to do that. I've sinned against God in this thing. And being so heavy, and I begin to be troubled about that, and I begin to go about my day without joy, and I, I'll bring that up to God, and I'll be talking to Him, and I'll, maybe I'll go home, and I'll be praying about that thing, and God, how, what can I do? What can I do? I've, I've sinned against you. And He'll be, bring me back to those, these verses, saying, Jesus Christ. And he'll show me Jesus Christ once more. Why? Because he is the propitiation for our sins. He is the propitiation for our sins. He is the place that you bring your sins to. God has ordained him to be that place. He's that place to bring your sins to. Verse 3, First John chapter 2, and says, And hereby we do know that we know him, if we keep his commandments. He that saith, I know him. And keepeth not his commandments is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But whoso keepeth his word, in him verily is the love of God perfected. Hereby know we that we are in him. He that saith he abideth in him ought himself also so to walk, even as he walked. How did he walk? Perfectly, holy before God. Brethren, I write no new commandment unto you, but an old commandment which ye had from the beginning. The old commandment is the word which ye have heard from the beginning. Again, a new commandment I write unto you, which thing is true in him and in you, because the darkness is past, and the true light now shineth. Verse 9, 
He that saith he is in the light and hateth his brother is in darkness even until now. There's a problem if you hate your brother. There's a problem. How do we know there's a problem? Because we just read the Bible and it says that. We just believe the Bible. It's not about how you feel about this or that. It's about what did God just say? What did he say verbatim out of the words of God? I know nothing of God outside of what he has said about himself in the scriptures. I know nothing of him. He that saith he is in the light and hateth his brother is in darkness even until now. He that loveth his brother abideth in the light, and there is none occasion of stumbling in him. But he that hateth his brother is in darkness, and walketh in darkness, and knoweth not whither he goeth, because that darkness hath blinded his, light, hath blinded his eyes. I write unto you, little children, because your sins are forgiven you for his name's sake. Hallelujah. Why did God forgive those sins? For the name of Jesus Christ. Why? Because he was made that propitiation. God sent his son to be that place for your sins. God sent his son to be that place for your sins. He is that place. Why don't men see that? Why don't men see that? John 3.16, famous verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. God didn't send his Son to condemn you. He did not send his Son as a condemnation of man. He sent his Son because men were already condemned. God sent his Son that men might be saved. Verse 18, He that believeth on him is not condemned. Hallelujah. But he that believeth not is condemned already because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Let's look at this condemnation that God has poured out, that God has showed to man. What is the condemnation? Verse 19, And this is the condemnation, that light is come into the world, and men loved darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. Why wouldn't I come to God? I love my sin. I love my sin. Oh, the things of righteousness, oh, the things of everlasting life, they sure did look good, but man, did I love sin all the more. God has got to bring us to a place where we hate sin, where sin is a terrible thing. What is the problem with man? Sin. That's the great grief, sin. All other problems abound because of sin. And if we can't get to a place where we see that sin's the issue, there is no hope. There is no hope. Men must repent of their sin. They must hate their sin. They must hate that that is in between them and God. But we've sinned against God and we must come to him. And how do we come to him? Through his son, Jesus Christ. There is a lost soul who's tired of his sinning. And he longs to return to the Lord. As he cries for forgiveness and mercy, God is waiting. You have been listening to the Daily Doctrine Podcast with Evangelist Tim McVeigh. For correspondence, please contact us through our website and someevangelist.com and use the contact form to connect with us. You may also subscribe to the podcast through our website or search for Daily Doctrine Evangelist Tim McVeigh on iTunes. Google Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, or Amazon. To write to us, please use our church address, 
which is Manassa Community Baptist Church, 70 Back Hollow Road, Blaine, Pennsylvania, 17006. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. Don't forget to subscribe and tune in tomorrow. And remember to look up for your redemption draweth nigh. Now the angels of God are rejoicing, for the prodigal child has come home, and the saints all with gladness are singing the glorious song of the redeemed.